Pod Boys Productions. Uh, yeah. Welcome back to Movies Are Relevant, the movies portion of the Brooklyn Rebound podcast with your boy, Padre. We're live. There's probably noise happening outside my place. Things popping up. But the good news is we've got liquor in the glass. I'm going to be talking a lot about drinking based on what the topic is today for Movies Are Relevant. And the best news of all is I'm back with my boy E-Nam, a.k.a. Eric, a.k.a. whoever knows what else, over there in Brooklyn, NYC. You're still in Brooklyn, are you not? Uh, yeah, yeah, still in Bushwick. I'm in the front row just hammered drunk and uh, ready to give the people what they want, which of course is uh, our review of Zack Snyder's Army of uh, the Dead. So Okay, are we going to pair that with Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League, uh, his director's cut? Because we haven't talked about that. You got me in a pickle with this riff because I did say the last time that I would not be watching that movie. Uh, and I still haven't. I still haven't. <laughs> okay, I fr- I'm sorry that I did forget about that uh, detail. But no, of course not. We're going to... Uh, I mean, I probably would need to drink heavily if I was going to sit through. Certainly through Jesus Justice Christ, League. it's four hours long. Whose idea? Whose idea? Uh, Zack Snyder, I think. Yeah. Like, whose idea was it to put it? I, he has, like, a big fan base. I mean, I see it on Twitter and stuff, like, um, people... Yeah, yeah, written and directed by Reddit. Yeah, but people are, like, re- like really hardcore. Like, he lets release the other cut of his other movie, or, like, he's... I saw someone talking about, like, I think it was from Army of... What's it called? Uh, not Army of Darkness. That's a Sam Raimi movie. Um, his most recent film is called Army of the Dead. Well, film. It's so bad. Yeah, that one where I was actually like, will I maybe check it out? His Dawn of the Dead remake is probably the only movie I've seen of his that I've kind of liked. Well, it's definitely his best movie, yeah. Yeah, and it's the same kind of vibe. And I saw the whole thing about like Tignataro's in it, replacing what's yeah, Chris D'Elia. And they, they, yeah. She just filmed everything separately after the fact, like... What do you call it? Um, Christopher oh, God, uh, yeah. Plummer style, <laughs> replacing Kevin Spacey. But, but, and I like her. But then, yeah, I saw the running time. I was like, yeah, I'll probably, yeah, I probably won't be catching that one. But you, you saw it, huh? Um, yeah, I, I don't sleep well. Um, so I put it on after basketball one night. Um, just playing a little FIFA, watching what can loosely be described as a movie. You're playing FIFA while watching the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My brain. I, I might have some kind of disorder, but I like to do two things at once most of the time. Yeah, that, I don't think I'll watch that Army of the Dead. But, no, of course, we're going to talk. We'll talk a lot of things, but the main topic for this movie is irrelevant. A couple of drinking movies, uh, namely Another Round from 2020. Recent uh, winner of Best Foreign Feature, if that's what the category is called, something like that. Uh, I think they changed it recently. Did we maybe talk about... I have something in my head about they changed the name of that category. Best International Feature Film. That's what it is, yeah. So it won that, and uh, I decided we will pair that with the 1945 Billy Wilder classic, The Lost Weekend, which I thought... I kind of... I wasn't sure if I'd seen it before or not, 
and I was leaning toward not, but then when I started watching it, I was like, oh, I'm, I think I think I, ha- I had seen it before, but it probably had been uh, 12, 13 years at least, something like that, um, since I would have probably seen it the first time, so it was good to get a rewatch of that, but we'll get to that later. But anyway, spoiler alert for another round, there's a, a good scene where they uh, mix up a few Sazeracs, I would say more than a few probably is the implication. It looks like more, yeah. And uh, I never really had one before, I don't think, so I, just, I decided to get some ingredients, make one myself. I'm already about halfway done with this one. I could see why they could drink these easily, or people can in general. There's not a whole lot of liquor, t- I mean, it's pretty sweet, or I don't know what, but but I did, uh, I did get the official... New Orleans Peychaud's Bitters, which apparently it's not a real Sazerac if you don't have that those type of bitters. Well, what are you going to use? Angostura bitters? Like a fucking plebeian? Yeah, that would be some other drink. No, this is my first time buying a, my, buying bitters, I believe. Unless it was like a uh, Lost Weekend situation where I didn't remember, but I don't think so. So yeah, and they're pretty good. But I didn't do... You're also supposed to make... Uh, do a absinthe wash apparently it's called it's like a bartending thing i guess mm-hmm. have you done one of these mm-hmm. washes before where you put some i think it's usually absinthe but you put some some type of liquor or something and you spin the glass around and then put the drink in there I don't know. i've yeah like why why would you you're not a bartender <laughs> no i've never made myself a sazerac that's that's too many steps and i can just drink vodka and seltzer water so anyway i didn't do that part because i didn't want to spend money on the absinthe which i don't really like anyway but yeah, so I'm doing the cognac version, which I think traditionally it's also rye. Oh uh, yes. But I did see on the on the recipe that you could use either, and so and since I'm more bougie myself, I decided for the yak. I don't really like rye. I've tried it before, and I, I'm not I'm not a big whiskey guy in general. A lot of ryes, in my experience, are like rougher around the edges than than their uh, bourbon and Scotch cousins, uh, which which I don't necessarily mind. But I, I hear what you're saying. Well, I'm, I might need to mix up another one of these shortly. Maybe on pod, we'll see. Or I can just drink uh, straight the straight yak, which might be easier to facilitate. But I got to say, these these bitters are pretty tasty. I, I mean, I'm, I, that's what it gives it the red color, too. I was wondering what's going to make it look red. Right, right. Which then I, I started pouring them out. And I was like, oh, that's, uh, it's from the bitters. Makes sense. Because otherwise, just sugar. And my recipe said to add a few drops of water. Oh, okay. To activate the tannins or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Melt the sugar. I also said you're supposed to use a sugar cube, but that was another thing where I keep like, I don't even know where you would buy them. I guess you have at the grocery store. Right, right. I don't just keep sugar cubes hanging around. I'm not a fucking horse. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> I was just about to say I don't have a horse, nor am I a horse. Anyway, I'm really excited to talk another round, but... Anything else you want to discuss first, like we like to do a little bit? What have you been watching recently? Uh, let me check my list real quick. Um, honestly, I've been watching a lot of basketball. It's uh, it's playoff season, and that's like about all I've been getting into. Yeah, I've been uh, watching my man, my boy, I'll say. He's hardly amazed. He's like 21 years old. My uh, my boy, Ja Morant. He's oh, God. Been, uh, impressing me. Ja's so good. Oh, I watched Mank. Mank is really good. We talked about it. Yeah, I love Mank. I knew you would like the Amanda Seyfried character. I was pretty confident about that. <laughs> yes, because she's great, yes. But other than that, I was kind of thinking it wouldn't be up your alley too much, but I was wrong, I guess. No, it was fantastic. It's no complaints. And how's your 
father screenplay coming along for his boat epic that we were talking. He's, uh, we still need a third act showstopper, so. <laughs> I feel like that riff came up during when we were talking about Mank last time, but. It did, didn't it? But I don't remember. Oh, I, oh because <laughs> David Fincher's father wrote, wrote that screenplay. Right, this right. Died a long time ago, but it, yeah. I haven't seen it in, in, in quite a while now, so I'm not remembering the details too well, but I, I like the, the, you know, the old Hollywood stuff, Right. I loved, as a person who probably last saw Citizen Kane when I was, like, in my teens and barely paying attention to it, and almost certainly don't remember any of the relevant details of Citizen Kane, um, I liked that I didn't need to, uh, to watch Meg. That, that was nice for me. Yeah. I hadn't seen it in a long time, either. Like, it made complete sense without having seen the screenplay that he's writing based on the events in these flashbacks. Yeah, I think you, you basically just need to know that it's about... Hurst and that type of guy. Right, right. Yeah, because I don't remember it too well myself. I mean, I remember certain details, things that stick out, but um, overall, I definitely don't remember it. That I probably, I probably saw that even longer than the first time I saw a long weekend ago, at least all the way through. But yeah, so that was another. That one didn't get any Oscars. I guess we haven't. The Oscars were like about a week after our last record. I think. I think so. Minari, we talked about Minari last time, didn't win anything. Yeah, uh, Mink got froze out, Minari got froze out. Oh, yeah, yeah. what's her name one Best uh, Supporting Actress. Well, yeah, Yoon Yoo Jung, a lot of the movies that we thought might get some nods got, got froze out. And a lot of the ones that we were, like, eye-rolling in anticipation that they would get the wins did not, so that was, that was exciting. That's true, although I wasn't rooting for Nomadland myself, but it's fine. We're not back in a, uh, we're not back in a Shape of Water situation. Yeah, yeah. I have no qualms about Nomadland winning, like though. Like it, it was a good movie. And like I liked Promising Young Woman more than Nomadland. I liked Minari more. Right. The the latter. I mean, the former. Was, it's interesting that you even got nominated in the first place for a bunch of stuff. Like I couldn't see that winning. Um, and then the Minari. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think Nomadland just got had more press or something. Even though it's the lowest um, grossing. I guess partially probably due to the pandemic but regardless almost certainly but maybe it would have been anyway i could i wouldn't be shocked that if it would would have been anyway the lowest grossing um film to win best picture by the way the la- uh, what, uh the, the last weekend did win best picture back in 45 or i guess what, did it what did it beat in the 46 i don't know i could look that up and uh raymond land also won best uh, actor which he was good i thought we're going a little out of order here, I guess. But I thought, um, like last time, you you wanted another one that we might disagree on more, a la Face in the Crowd. So I was thinking an older black and white film. That- I'm trying to bring I'm trying to bring the fire back to our relationship. <laughs> yes, but you know those. I I think you you struggle a little bit with those older films that maybe have a different acting style. Yeah, I mean, acting style, writing style, 1945. So it's given me the year from 1945, so for the 1944 film. Move to the next one here. And, yeah, okay, I got it now. Billy Wilder also won Best Director. Yeah, this thing did very well. The Lost Weekend defeated Spellbound, which is a a Hitchcock film. One of his... It's not one of his best-regarded films. It's, it's not bad. I think it has some outdated psychiatry things. Mildred Pierce, which I don't believe I've seen, but is kind of a famous film. On Crawford. Stars Kate Winslet, so I don't know what you're looking at. Uh, Mildred Pierce. Oh, the, was there a remake with Winslet? I don't know. 
Yeah, there was like a there was like a made for TV or made for HBO or something. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, she's she was on HBO prior to being mayor from East Town. Didn't even know. She's been around. She's been around. On the home box office, uh, Joan Crawford did win Best Actress opposite uh, Milan winning Best Actor. Uh, also, then it beat The Bells of St. Mary's, which I've never heard of, and nope. Anchors Away, which I think is maybe like a Frank Sinatra movie or something. Right, right. That doesn't sound familiar to me at all, but I can understand why it wouldn't have won Best Picture. Right. So, given that I haven't seen Mildred Pierce, which maybe I should, but we'll get back to it just because I want to be a stickler for this arbitrary rule I made that this year we're doing one, the one newer film and the one classic. So I want to talk another round first. Also because, and we could kind of talk about them together, I guess, because another round is, I mean, Lost Weekend is very, it does not make you want to go grab reach for a, uh, a refreshing right beverage. right that's another reason why i didn't get rye because uh, he that's what he's drinking and that <laughs> maybe that might have colored my opinion too although i was getting him for like five like or was a bottle of rye like 50 cents back then like what the heck like yeah he made that ten dollars he stretched that ten dollars out as far as it would go i feel like he wasn't i mean was that guy getting tipped i don't know but another round is it makes even though it it's more of a <laughs> makes drinking look more fun uh, overall, I would say. Quite a bit. And since we're talking about Oscars a little bit, I did watch, what is my man's name, the director, uh, Vinter, Thomas Vinterberg's Oscar speech when he was giving for the best um, international film win. I watched it before watching the movie for some reason. I think I had just, I think I watched it a couple weeks ago or something because like, I just clicked on it on Twitter or something because they were like, moving speech or something like that. And then he did say, and because I didn't really know what the vibe of the film was, I thought when I had initially heard about it, a, more of a down the line drama, you know. Mm-hmm. Because he also has another film with Mads Mikkelsen called The Hunt, which is supposed to be really good. I haven't pulled the trigger on that one yet. I really should, but I do believe that's more of a straight drama. You know, I might be wrong too, but I don't. Th- I think it's definitely more of it than this. But he also said something in the speech about like it teaches the movie teaches children to drink. So I was like, what the hell? What is this about? But then watching it, I, I understand what he meant to you then. But also, because he had like a 19 year old daughter that. Did you watch the speech, by the way? I'm guessing you did not. Or did you hear about it? Um, I did not see that speech. Is she cute? Well, you may regret bringing that point up when I say when I finish. But like, his daughter died. Like, oh god uh, uh, like uh, the day before they started shooting the film or something or maybe a week into it or something well that's in poor taste someone was texting and driving and like ran her over or something or ran into her car and she died so so he's saying that like in his award speech and then um i guess she was also she was supposed to be in the movie like she was supposed to be one of mads mickelson's kids in the movie the older one i, I assume and obviously wasn't after that and then Man. He's thanking Mads, like, saying something like, you'll, what you did for me or something, like, I'll never forget. So I, he must have done something after this. But, yeah, so I was looking pretty moving speech after that, all that, you know, he's talking about the drinking stuff first. And I'm like, oh, is this more of a... Could account for some of the dark turns, yeah. too. Well, it kind of leads into something I wanted to talk about or I'm wondering about, too, because I think he's also saying, like, she... I think he was getting influence from her i don't know if it was after her death like during the shoot of the film or also before like in the scripting of it but um and i guess we are just going we're, we're just going to talk another round now since i already brought this up 
we can we can circle back to other films later if we want. But um, it seems like from watching this film, and if she did, her daughter, which was only had just gotten out of high school, I would assume or whatever. Like it seems like drinking culture in Denmark. I guess it's a Danish film, um, Danish language. Drinking culture must be quite a bit different there than obviously certainly than here or like because um, the film opens with like a kind of like a case race thing around the slate these students I was pr- assuming college students but then the teachers at school are talking about it and we realize they're high school students the the main characters of the film there's kind of like four main character Mads Mikkelsen is the main character but his three f- teacher friends from the same school are like the, the four of them Another round is uh, basically about a midlife crisis being experienced by the ever-magnetic Mads Mikkelsen and three of his friends who teach at the same school. We'll talk about it. Just like this middle, like midlife crisis ennui that they're all experiencing and some experiments that they try to get over that and uh, the the good and the bad of how that works out. The Mikkelsen's character, who is named Martin, I believe, he's definitely doing it for that kind of midlife crisis ennui type of thing you're saying, certainly. So we'll get into what that plot is, but just to say, like, people are fine with kids or high school students drinking there, or, like... Yeah, it's, like, all over Europe, the age, uh, like, the, the drinking age is, like, 15, 16. But apart from just, like, that it's okay, like, it's more ingrained in the culture. Because so, also, I mean, there's, like, a line, too, where someone says, like, people already drink like crazy in this country. Yeah. They... Oh, I was thinking it's almost, like... Japan in a way that, like where people work really hard and then they got like party super hard like I think that's a thing in Japan like, right. like with students too but Japan is definitely not like cool like they're not teachers wouldn't be like cool with this or you know adults wouldn't be like outwardly being like saying that all this drinking's fine but like here it was that seemed to be the case because also I didn't get completely what the school was like it's was it like it's some type of special school or is that just how high school is in Denmark where like they have these like yeah I kind of just thought that's how... Because I know you do major in high school in some other countries, right? Is that what they're... They weren't doing that in this, or were they? Oh, I thought that's what you're referring to, because it didn't seem like the psychology students interacted much with Mads Mikkelsen, or the history students interacted um, with Magnus... Last name I've forgotten. Okay. I didn't pick up on that at all. I guess, like, I kind of recognized some of the students from Mikkelsen's class, but... But I, I was assuming they're all going, doing different stuff. So maybe they were majoring. But also, it's like they have to take this test. Is it like an AP? Is that like an analogous part? It seemed like stronger than that. Like te- Oh, there's the one kid who can't like pass. He I think he like had to repeat the grade or something because he couldn't pass. Yeah. This verbal oral test or something. The only analog I know about to that is the A-levels in England. Where like, I mean, it's, we have that here to an extent. It's... They tell you if you're going to college and what what you can go to college for and therefore where you can go to college because I believe some of the universities in Europe are more specialized or um, have more specialized programs. So part of the thing, though, too, with the school stuff is like what leads in what partially what leads into like the uh, Martin's character and like seeing the funk that he's in is like like the first time we see him in class, he's um, he's the history teacher. He's very like out of it, kind of, you know. Yeah. He doesn't care that someone just walks out. And the person, the student, like, seems to walk out because he's, like, upset that he's not getting taught well or that the teacher's not engaged. And then um, they call this thing with the students and their parents, like, this would never happen in, in the States, of, like, where the, the, the principal or whoever is like, oh, you're going to have this thing. And then he, he just shows up and all the students are there with their parents, like, a bunch of them, like, saying, like, you're not, 
teaching us well enough or something or like that's the implication right at the beginning so, right uh anyway it leads into the four of them go out to dinner for the one guy's birthday the i'm assuming he's the youngest one the 40th birthday he's a psychology teacher and he brings up some theory about that some psychologist has about if you have a certain alcohol blood blood alcohol content level you're supposed to or like humans were were born with too low of that it should be this level and then you do better and life and society and all this stuff or whatever right it, it's all about the psychological benefits of being a little bit drunk all the time yeah was it 0.05 is that what it was yes too low um and initially that the dinner meds martin's not even he's like i'm gonna drive he's only drinking water then they kind of confront him about um his friends especially the, the guy psychology guy kind of like confront him about the funk he's in or whatever and about what happened at school and he kind of just I, and his, his other friend who's known him longer I guess is talking about how he was like a jazz ballet student back in the day or something and he had a lot more just beautiful just <laughs> he had a lot more choice. vigor and whatever for life and he was a better teacher and all this stuff and then he just decides alright I'm gonna drink at this dinner which seemed like a banger of a dinner. I was, like, getting jealous over here. Like, they're getting caviar and vodka, champagne. Then they're, like, switching to wine for whatever. I'm like, man, I wish I was at a dinner with my friends right now. Yeah, yeah. Ah, drinking at home's good, too. Yeah, I'm gonna need another one soon. Yeah, we might have to pause this to, to refresh. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not feeling my .08 yet. Although I had this, because it also said put your glass in a free, or, you know, chill at first. So I had this chilling for about an hour or two, which I won't have time to do now. Right, right. Honestly, I might get a glass, because, like, this is obviously not on the rocks. I might just do a cognac on ice and throw some bitter on that. What do you think? It's got to be kind of similar, right? What am I missing? I, and just not add sugar. I respect that. I mean, the New Orleans people won't like that. They won't. I assume that would be against there. Just add more alcohol. Mm, yeah, I think that might be the move. Well, should we should we should we break to refresh, or you want to talk about the movie a little more? I'm good to keep going. I brought two drinks to the desk, so uh, that that's your call. You're ahead of me. Well, it's that's the genesis of it. Then basically, um, so we'll, we'll obviously get into spoilers, like we would like to do in a minute or two here. But you know, they have the fun dinner. Then they're like horsing around outside after Mickelson. You know, Martin's feeling good about this. Then he decides at school. I guess the next day or whatever it is, he drinks and he decides to actually and then he tells the other friend and they, they all decide to actually do it and they're kind of saying like oh we'll write a paper like a academic paper on it or whatever you know <laughs> um right but i was right. thinking about that too like i know they just really wanted to do it is the main thing but like they would have to do that anonymously right like obviously you can't be even as how much as the culture is different they were drinking i guess you can't be like these high school teachers can't be like publishing something that said they did this or the obviously would get fired <laughs> and not hired by anyone else um, but anyway, so you're saying about, like, the midlife crisis thing, too. So his other friend is, is like, divorced, I guess. He has, like, an old, decrepit dog. He seems to be in a real, like, kind of funk as well. He's not really having the, I don't, the ennui thing, like you said, like Martin is, but he's just kind of, like, resigned more to, like, that's what his life is now, whatever, I, th I think. But the guy whose idea was, who's a little bit younger, I think, the, the birthday guy, psychology guy, because he had a bunch of young kids and stuff so i don't think he was having the midlife crisis to me as much as he just kind of wanted to 
and it was his kind of idea in the first place. Like he just wanted to escape from his new life of like having all these young kids and responsibility by like doing this irresponsible kind of, you know, lifestyle or whatever. Well, right. Yeah. It's, it's a love letter for a while. Anyway, it's a love letter to like a moderate to high level of, uh, alcohol abuse which like it really like when i say love i mean love letter like it it makes it sound like such a beautiful experience but it's also a love letter to just you know hanging with the boys another mess around movie if you will it it really is and that's what i wasn't expecting uh before i learned a little bit more about it or or i started like heard that speech from vincent reagan was getting a little idea of something and i think i heard someone else on a podcast mention it that they didn't spoil it or anything but they're like telling the other host like oh i just watched this movie it's kind of like a feel-good movie or something and i was like huh interesting and then the fourth guy is a music teacher right he doesn't have as much character in terms of Mm. i don't know he did get a storyline at the school he's the one who has a storyline with the kid who had failed and is like who's like self-destructing about taking this test and whatever Whereas the psychology guy didn't really get any story at school. His story was more of the family stuff at home. Right, right. The other guy that I mentioned with the dog is the gym teacher, but he also he has a storyline with these other... I don't know what the deal with this is. He's also teaching or coaching like these kids, like young kids, the soccer. Yeah, the, the subtitles, it's, it's, it, it, it flies by. Because that was in high school, obviously. It seems like he just does that. It seems like sometimes he coaches for a younger level of school. Um, like once a week or something. Yeah. So he has a little storyline with this kid who's called Specs, or that was on the English subtitle at least. Um, this kind of like nerdy kid with glasses. But yeah, the music teacher guy, so he's a little more storyline at school, but in terms of his personal character, I like the guy. I like he's a good actor and stuff. Um, but he, I, I felt like he was the one who didn't have as much. Well, his bit was that he doesn't have a home life. He's he's not married. Uh, and they were they were joking, like busting his balls about how like every time he meets a he meets a new like potential uh, romantic interest, he'll like completely change his personality for three weeks, um, and he's just putting too much pressure on that part of his life. Okay. And so the drinking for him helps him just you know cool off and and let things let things be what they will be, which is kind of the lesson that he tries to give to that student that works out for that student. Right. <laughs> part of the thing where they're teaching students to drink. Yeah, because he tells him, like, have, a, have you considered having a drink or something before the <laughs> test? Which works, I guess. He passes, you know. Oh, yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. Like, I, I kind of forgot about that part. I guess they said that at the birthday dinner. But, yeah, you never see him with any dates or... Right, right. I mean, the movie's... Uh, movie was a good length, I think, though. Like, I guess I don't, don't want it to be more overstuffed with this stuff. And then I'll just say, I think we should stop down and make another drink and get into spoilers. But before that, I'll just say, like, yeah, if, if you want to cut off the the show now because so you haven't seen it or whatever um i recommend it a lot i i really enjoyed this quite a bit have a drink or two while you watch it um honestly i was thinking about this watching it like i was literally thinking like is mads mickelson my favorite actor I, not joking at all like seriously considering yeah that he might be he's fucking great in this he's so delightful to watch he's great in this he should have been nominated for best actor i don't know why he's the best bond villain of my lifetime yeah i've i have some problems with that film and character but obviously it is a good job i haven't seen the hunt like i mentioned before which i definitely need to get on i think he may may have even been nominated for best was he nominated for best actor for that maybe not but i think he got plenty of accolades for that i believe that's from 2012 or 13 um hannibal is a great show that i really liked a lot where he plays hannibal lecter 
and he does like a good take on that that's completely different than you know Anthony Hopkins. He doesn't do. Have you seen all of Hannibal? Yeah. Yes, I have. Just tell me he doesn't do the Anthony Hopkins thing. Oh, so you, have you seen any of the show? No, I've just seen the first three movies. I've just seen Silence of the Lamb, uh, okay. Lambs, and Red Dragon, and whatever the other one's name is. It's just called Hannibal, I believe. There's a movie, the Red Dragon story is told before that Anthony Hopkins had the role. Like there, There's a Michael Mann movie called Manhunter. I believe it's called Manhunter. From the 80s, which I think is pretty good. Brian Cox, who's like big on, he's big nowadays for succession right but uh getting back to hbo but he plays hannibal in that one pretty good he's not it's like the manhunter it's like the the red dragon story so hannibal's not in that as much you know? mm-hmm. it's like it's like the the guy what do you call the tooth fairy but so that i would recommend that to you yeah michael mann movie but yeah but so this not to get too many spoilers for hannibal but it's start when the show starts it's it's at the stage where hannibal is a respected doctor around baltimore you know he's not um having dinner parties it's it's like in the period before people know that he's Hannibal the cannibal and all that and he's serving he's serving he's having fancy dinners and like serving I presumably people to other people you know and stuff like that and the um the Will Hines character wait Will Hines it's an improviser <laughs> the Will Graham character um plays or is the main character other than Hannibal and like he's like friends with him basically and and they're like solving crimes together so it's kind of episodic like that but yeah hannibal it's a good show and it makes the food look really good even though you know it's supposed to be there's there's people in there just kind of how this movie makes drinking look kind of good even though you know that's causes many issues well let's we should talk about that after we get into spoilers and everything does it like what is the point other than yeah it is a feel-good mess around movie with friends to some degree but also like is there a, what what message are they trying to say here? Well, it's also like a really riveting drama where the stakes aren't like intercontinental war. The the stakes are like matters of the human heart, which like all the time, every time makes a better movie. Well, let's talk about. But yeah, let's take a quick pause, grab some ice, and make another drink. Continue this drinking episode. Movies are relevant. Let's get that ABV going and we'll really podcast. All right. We're going to go make more drinks. What could possibly go wrong? What a life. What a night. What a beautiful, beautiful ride. Don't know where I'm in five, but I'm young and alive. Fuck what they are saying. What a life. What's up, bro? You back? Yes. I've got my yak. On ice, I've got my cherry and my my nice new pick. Now it's just time to uh, spice things up, Nolan style. A few more dashes of Peshad's better. Is that how you pronounce it? Do you know Peshad's? Peshad? Uh, it'd be Pesho. Peso, is that real or are you fucking with me? I don't. No, no, no. Pesho. Pesho. Oh, yeah, kind of like, oh, yeah. 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 And the guy, the one guy, I think it's the music teacher who's like making the drinks and splitting. There is like a little scene of him. Before the one I was just talking about, the song, the meter song, um, montage. He's like explaining where the drink is from. And I don't remember if this was part of his explanation or I just read this afterwards, but when I was looking up the recipe, but people consider it to be essentially the first cocktail in general. That can't possibly be true. Well, people wouldn't drink cocktail or they would, if they mix things, I think, because he used to make punch, I believe. 
because like liquor tasted so bad they would mix it all up in a thing called punch and drink it but that was like a punch bowl you know oh you know what hey one time i do think i have a memory of going on a speakeasy tour here in new york and they might have said that the Sazerac in front invented in New Orleans nah, nightclubs was in fact one of the first cocktails, so. Yeah, because it was like the 1800, like 1860s or something. Might even say on this bottle. Like, I don't know if this is, I just bought the cheapest, so they had like two bottles. I bought the, the cheaper option. But yeah, in the early 1800s, this stuff was starting to make, but I guess that was before the Sazerac was invented. Yeah. And it does mention yeah. cognac on this bottle here even though they mostly were calling for rye. Anyway, how do you even dash better? You're just supposed to kind of like, and that's what I did before. I just kind of seemed to work out right. Now it's on my ice. Yeah, you got it. You dash it like a uh, Worcestershire sauce. I don't really use that. What, what do you put a, a Worcestershire on? Meats, gravies. It's uh, it gives, it gives an umami flavor to a lot of like Western beef dishes. Look at that. Yeah, I got myself a couple of new Maybe I'm going to become a, more of a cocktail guy. I got, got myself a couple of accessories lately, including this glass pick and a uh, and a shaker, which I did not need to use for the Sazerac, because you're not supposed to shake that. But Plus, you got the nice, like, giant like, ice cubes. Well, I respect that a lot. I did. I found... I, found, I had that that uh, ice cube tray. I think someone had given it to me. I brought my, my brother or something years ago. And it had just been languishing in a box that I decided to open for the first time since moving into this place uh, over a year ago. All right. And I was like, oh, yeah, let me uh, let me uh, fill this thing up. Nice. Yeah, I love these big... I don't even know if you're supposed to drink cognac. Obviously, the Sazerac's not on ice. Cognac in general, I don't know if you're really supposed to drink it on ice, but fuck it. I'm doing my own thing. Yeah, I think you're able to. I think it's fine. I think the French will allow it. Okay. I mean, I know you obviously are Ken, but is it like, you know... Sure, sure. Who's to say? Well, yeah. That's true. I'm a maverick as well as a, a bougie man, I guess. What did you have? Did you get another... Did you actually mix a drink or... Yeah, I made another vodka and Pomplamous seltzer water, sticking with the French theme that you created for us. I gotta tell you, though, uh, recording drunk, I uh, it's got me feeling pretty good. In fact, I just put a bid in on a boat called Live Forever that I'm pretty excited to, to win. Uh, Eric, I think you might have won a little too high over the suggested ABV where you're... Where you're in the groove, right? That they're trying to achieve in this movie. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Once you're in the boat, the boat buying territory, I think you've overdone it. I mean, you are going to move, right? Are you moving to somewhere where? Are you going to move to Chicago, right? I guess bring that thing down the old uh, down Lake Michigan. They got boats on the lake. Yeah. Or what's that river that kind of goes through the city? Is that a river even? Or I guess it must be. They throw the green stuff in on St. Patrick's Day. I'm just going to say that's the Chicago River. It probably could well, could very well be called that. I don't know if you're allowed to, to sail to live forever down that thing, though, but you could try. Yeah, it feels like with this Danish movie, obviously I did the Sazerac thing because that was a big scene in the movie and stuff, but what do they drink? I and mean, the kids are drinking beers, I mean, obviously, um, with that case race thing, and, and there's like champagne, and they're drinking, I think they're drinking, I get, is Martin drinking when he starts drinking at school? Is it vodka that he's drinking? Maybe. Yeah, I think they're drinking a lot of vodka um, because 
of the common advice that if you're going to drink at work, you should drink vodka because it doesn't show up on your breath. Yeah, the one guy even says at one point we can, like, spray this or something so they don't smoke. But I don't think they go for that. (laughs) Sniff it. He fills up a coffee mug and then puts his nose to it. Just beautiful scene. Was he actually doing that then? Or, or that I mean, I, I don't. I assume <laughs> the actor wasn't snorting vodka, but he, like... No, no, I mean the character. Like, what did the character actually start t- taking it that way? Or was that just, like, an idea he had? I couldn't tell. I know we see him try it okay. once. But I, I was just bringing up, kind of running down their drinking to also say, like, it doesn't feel, like, Danish or Scandinavian to me. I would, maybe vodka a little bit, but I would be thinking more of, I don't know, some, like, cold drink that would make me think of, like, cold climates or, like... There's one clear liqueur that they drink. In real life in Denmark, or are you talking about something? No, 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 in the movie. I forget what, he's, what he calls it. I forget what the name that he gives. But he's got clear liquor in a bottle, in a, like a water bottle still, when he gives it to the student who's trying to pass his test. And he takes a drink and he's like, ugh, gross, because it's like warm, whatever that liqueur is. But but I've forgotten what he says it is called. Well, as we know, this, the culture is different. You know, the students are used to drinking, too, because, like, when he is taking that test, I guess we'll do full spoilers now then, like I said, the test, the music teacher is actually giving the test, too, with another teacher, which I didn't exactly get either, but I guess they're just administering it, like a one's, one-on-one test, oral test kind of thing. And he's telling him, like, oh, take another sip. Right. And then, like, if that was, like, straight vodka or something or you weren't used to drinking, I would be worried, be, like, making a face and all this stuff, but he just, like, walked God, yeah. Anyway, I'll start here with the spoiler talk. Because we're kind of saying what the stakes are just now, pre the drink break. There are some obviously real stakes other than just, you know, obviously a, a big thing with the two characters that have families is they're fucking with their families, making things bad. And then the one guy, the, the gym teacher, actually ends up dying. So he maybe committed suicide, is that the implication? I couldn't exactly tell. Or he just... I believe you are meant to yeah, wonder. Because I guess the other way would he be just got drunk and made a mistake out on his book. One of the four guys actually died, so the stakes are higher than you would have necessarily thought. Couldn't be higher, yeah. He's the one. So there's a thing is after they do this for a while, so they start with the point five thing, I think. I love, I mean, this, the scenes where they all start teaching after that. Like I said, you never see the one guy, the psychology guy teaching, but the other three you see. So like the gym teacher is talking to the specs kid. There's a good scene with the music teacher um, telling them all to hold hands and, like, get into it by, you know, the song uh, more. And then Martin, um, Ed's Mickelson, he starts getting his vigor back for teaching. And, like, I really, the, the first scene when he started kind of figuring it out and he's got them all engaged, it's, it was great. Like, I, I loved it. Even though it was kind of, like, they do, um, it was, like, a thing where with him and, and like, a other characters all their examples of stuff is also like drinking related and stuff it's like when you're obsessed with one thing you just like keep bringing that up yeah but he does like a trick on this the kids where he's like i'll give you three candidates for whatever president or office and tell me which one you would vote for and he describes like negative qualities of fdr and um winston churchill and then qualities of Hitler that make that are more positive. Like he didn't really drink that much. He was whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, "Who would you vote for?" The third guy. And he's like, oh, "Okay, so you just elected Adolf Hitler." Then. Yeah, that was that was really cute. Um, I mean, you could see where it was going, obviously, but like, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. His energy in the classroom when he's when he's drinking at school, 
obviously is meant to strike a contrast with like how he was at the beginning and then again toward the end. But it's like you said earlier, like he, he he's a fantastic actor. He's like impossible not to watch. Even when he's just like standing behind a desk just giving like little speeches about political candidates from eighty years ago. Um, and again, like it's like is that really gonna pass the test help them? But I guess like being more engaged, like they like get into it more. The kids the students are all loving it. Uh, they're even like cheering for him, like clapping at one point, I remember. Yeah, I wrote. I think the first time he d- he drinks, it doesn't go as well or whatever. They don't show the whole thing, but like when he first decides to try it, I wrote this quote down where the one teacher asked him like, "How's the class?" and he says like something like, "I had some verbal motor challenges." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was funny. I just wrote, I started writing quotes down earlier on in the movies, and then I just get give up on it. But see, that's where he fucked up too, because if you can get away with it, which you know, difficult because of wine mouth, but you're you're way more verbal and eloquent on wine than you are any of the other alcohols for whatever reason. Is that true, you think? Uh, in my personal experience. Gin and tequila make you horny, vodka and whiskey make you sleepy, and wine makes you just, like, really, really want to talk. What about a nice brew? You know, just watching the game. Just, you know, beers with the boys. Anyway... Yeah, the only other quote I wrote down was actually the one I kind of referenced before that was, this entire country drinks like maniacs anyway, which I think his wife said. Yes. So like, so we'll get into the home life for, for Martin a little bit. So like at the beginning, yeah, and did you, you could kind of tell what was going on pretty early on with the wife. Yeah. Could you, like you, did you pick up on it? Like 100%. Like you don't, like you don't work that many nights in a movie without like this being the case. Uh, but yeah, so, so far this has just been a tone poem about how great it is to drink alcohol with your buddies and how much better your life will be if you're always a little drunk. And third act gets a little dark. But back to the first act. Uh, so, like, he kind of, like, get the vibe all the way if it's cheating on him, doesn't care about the relationship, or the relationship's not in a... Maybe not doesn't care, but the relationship's in a bad place. Like, they don't talk. Yeah, they don't talk. He has two teenage sons, I guess teenage, that don't like to talk to him too much either it's kind of like oh there's pizza i'm going out whatever sort of thing okay dad whatever if they even acknowledge it then he starts the whole drinking thing his personality changes because of it he's like get he like books them like a trip to go kayaking or canoeing or whatever so there's the one scene where they do that later in the movie where it goes well pretty much she's realizing like something's different so they start with the point five they i think martin's idea is to take let's take it further they all agree Let's try one point. I think the one teacher's looking at it and I'm teaching on the one whatever that he asked him, like, what'd you get up to this time? Oh, he has a breathalyzer. Oh, God. They have the one part where, with the Sazerac scene starts, it is kind of where the third act peak of their thing, they get, he's almost not going to do it. So also, he's, so he's like feeling like he's, like, he's, got, he's gotten his life back in a good spot now. They're at the, this, I believe the psychology teacher's house, the going guy's making the Sazerac's. Martin, like, puts his coat on. He's about to leave and not continue on this, bi- this big binge they're going to do. But he can't. It's like, I, I just can't. One more job or whatever, you know, that whole thing. Like, I just right, right. turn away. So he takes a drink. They go on a crazy... This is another thing about Denmark. Like, they... It must... Culture must be different in some way. Or maybe it's just a movie thing. But, like... Because the, the guy's wife told him to pick up some type of fish or whatever... They try to catch it in, like, a dock. Obviously, it does not work. So then they go to this grocery store, yeah. and they're acting outrageous in this store. 
um, these like 40 and men in their 40s and 50s, like you would get arrested in most places, I think, for, or something would happen. You, but like, yeah, it was just our guys just kind of like, okay, you know what, like, you know what I mean? Well, like, if you knock over a display case of Campari and then just walk away and your friend stiff-arms the manager when he tries to come yeah, out, exactly. you, just like, yo, you're, you're going to the drunk tank. Uh, something, but no. The only consequences are that they, you know, they fuck up their home lives. Oh, like, um, so the one guy, like, pisses on his wife, or, you know, it's like a whole thing earlier of, like, his kids are doing it, and that's kind of like, that part was, like, a little too cute, maybe, for me, but, like, I get it, I with the alcoholism thing, it makes sense. Um, so his wife's obviously very mad. She, like, leaves, takes the kids and goes somewhere. And then Martin passes out in, like, his neighbor's yard or something, thinking it's his house. And his, like, son gets him. And then they're having a um, family dinner right after that day or whatever. The kids kind of, they all kind of reveal, like, oh, we know you've been, like, drunk this whole, like, for the past, like, month or whatever. Like, you're, it wasn't, like, a secret to us, like... Which is kind of, which makes complete sense. Like, you wouldn't be able to really get away with that. <laughs> yeah. And then that's where the wife admits that she's cheating on him. And they are going to get divorced or whatever. So those two guys with the families, they stop. And the other music teacher seems to stop as well. But the gym teacher guy that we said dies, you know, he can't stop. And he just be, he's just a complete alcoholic. So they're trying to help him, but it doesn't work. He gets caught at school, too, basically. So, like, they have this faculty meeting where the principal is saying, like, there seems to be reports of maybe are some teachers drinking at school. There's alcohol found, all this. And that gym teacher's not there. And the other guys are all stopped drinking at that point. Then he stumbles in, obviously, super drunk. And it's like, oh, come, you, know, you know, soon after that is when he dies, possibly by suicide. Either way, alcohol seems to be heavily, heavily uh, affected him negatively. There's a scene with the Specs kid singing at his funeral when they're bringing out the coffin. Um, meanwhile, then, uh, Martin is trying to get back with his wife. They have a scene at, like, a restaurant where it doesn't go well. She doesn't want to get back together. But then, later, uh, the other three did start, or they're at least having drinks again at this restaurant. The students are have graduated. They're back to partying again in the streets. And then he gets a message on his phone from his wife saying she does want to get back together or she misses him, etc. And they go out and celebrate with the students and have this whole ending dance scene. He starts doing his jazz ballet, I guess, or whatever it is. But amazing scene. I loved it. That's the movie. Now, I'm wondering, is that supposed to be the happy ending or is it supposed to signify that they're all just going to get become drunks again and fuck up or whatever? Or what? That's an interesting take, but I feel like that's a little um, St. Elsewhere snow globey for me. Like, or uh, they were all dead the whole time for me. Like, I, and the whole time, like we've we've described like the plot of this movie and like the the specific story points. I, I, I do want to stump a bit that it's an extremely like poetic movie. It's just great fucking filmmaking, and it's not told obviously. In a literary sense, I mean, it treats you like an adult, and it'll explain it'll it'll explain what's going on its own time. And when it's tricked you, it's done that for literary reasons. And when like something obvious happens, that's happening for literary reasons. It's a really grown up, like sophisticated. We don't make a ton of these anymore. It's a really beautiful movie. It was a great fucking two hours of my life. The the good and the bad parts of what happens to these characters.
It's never so simple as... It, it, sorry, I just realized this is where I was going before. I guess I'm a little drunk. It's never so simple as, like, alcohol has solved all my problems. Oh, no, alcohol is a problem. It's, I mean, it's about... It's about those problems themselves. The, the, the movie, the, the joke about the movie about drinking is that it's not about drinking. It's about, like, your shitty life and your bad coping mechanisms. But, like I was saying about the culture and stuff, too, is, are they still, is Vinterberg or whoever still trying to say something about, like, alcohol can be good if you do it the right way. It can change your life for the better. It can, because also with this daughter thing, I think part of it was, I think it was something when he was saying, too, he got some of the ideas, like, from her cousin. She was only 18, 19, whatever. She just went to high school. And, like, there is this culture of drinking there or something. And also, I don't know if it is, like, the whole ending part because of... I don't, I'm wondering if it's, like, impacted by what happened with his daughter, too. Or if that was always the case. Right. That way that... That's... I mean, that's complicated and I'm not in his head. Yeah. Because it is, like, very celebratory at the end and, like, very cathartic and all this. Well, I mean, it's about finding the middle ground with those coping mechanisms. Like, the one coping mechanism that it shows at the very beginning is to completely shut off your like from the rest of your life um life is happening to me rather than i am living it and they lean on the alcohol first to take the edge off and then i mean maybe they start needing it or whatever that's you know i'm i'm, I'm not a doctor the one guy obviously does the guy that yeah yeah but overdoing it in that sense like they go from one extreme to kind of the other um and, and neither works for them right to drink it does end up i think kind of celebrating the drinking culture of denmark and like moderate alcohol we can say abuse once they come off cold turkey like that, like, they are able to find, like, a really healthy spot for them. Or or the movie is hopeful that they have done that. And the question now is, do we just want to see that in it or agree with that point if it is the point? Because <laughs> we so much to that type of lifestyle ourselves. Um, Fair. I mean, I don't know. But, yeah, it's really good. Like I said before, Mads Mikkels, I gotta watch The Hunt, but he's just so good. And, it, and it's, it's not shown in any better showcase than that end scene with his dancing and everything i mean dancing in movies there's a lot of great dance sequences in a lot of movies because i think it is so cinematic it is so mm. it gives you such a type of feeling if it's done right you know even something like the movie like ex machina people always talk about the dancing and that uh, what's his name and the robot oscar isaac and all this <laughs> yes. on paper would you be like that's gonna be the scene of the of this sci-fi robot movie that everyone talks about but you know what i mean like it's so human in a way that's the point in that if I'd known that was coming, I would have I would have said that will be the scene that everyone remembers. But it's done a great effect in this as well, and this is definitely one I think I'll watch again. Probably I, it might be the type of movie I'd be like, maybe at my parents or something. Like, oh, let's throw this on. I think you guys. I think a lot of people will also like it. Obviously, if you don't like subtitles, I don't have any sympathy for you. But you know, that could be a stumbling block for some people. Maybe, but I doubt you'd be listening to this if that was the case. But. Yeah, I mean, every now and then you're going to have to read some fucking subtitles to watch a good movie. I mean, God knows we're making fewer and fewer of them per year in America every year. Honestly, I probably watch, like, because I watch so much anime now, too, like, and foreign films, all this stuff, like, probably, like, at least 30% of the things I watch are subtitled, I would say. Damn. I'm just start pulling that number out of nowhere, but I feel like it honestly might be close. I multitask so much. I've got to be in the the right exact like headspace to watch a movie with subtitles. Well, here's the thing, Eric. You can't really play FIFA and watch a subtitle movie at the same time. That's what I'm saying. Do you, of, of any of your ghost in movies, do you, are those any foreign people with and they have to subtitle it on YouTube or whatever? Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of those are subtitled. Like YouTube will automatically generate subtitles for like the Jordanian or or Saudi 
ghost hunters that end up in these videos that I watch. Yes. Well, uh, oh, by the way, I think your your jam is coming out soon. I think maybe it's one of the ones that's going to be straight to HBO Max, or you could watch in the theater as well. But um, New Conjuring, right, coming a couple weeks from now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Devil Made Me Do It one. Um, I'm very excited about that. Um, I love the Conjuring franchise, and I will uh, report back. I guess next time possibly because we'll probably do another one in a month or whatever it'll probably be out by then i think because i think i saw some was that three or four for that series it's like it's it's three but it's like nine but they're doing the thing where they're grinding away from the one two three they're going to the the coal the semicolon is that a semicolon or right just a colon i guess no that's a colon aqua teen hunger force colon movie film for theaters yes well i'm gonna down this bad boy here this cherry delightful I didn't get the Luxardo ones, which are super expensive and whatever, the high-class ones. But I didn't opt for the super cheap, you know, neon red traditional ones either. I went for an in-between one where it still like tastes like a real cherry, but just caramelized or something. I don't know. It's important to, to know. Now we're hitting the down slope. We gotta talk. We gotta get back into the lost. Yes, this is technically a movie. Lost in discussion with it, but I just want to know. While I'm pouring some more yak. Did you have a lot of problems with this? Did you like it? Did, was it more of a face in the crowd? So I didn't have a lot of problems with this. I think this movie is bad, um, but it wasn't like it didn't like hurt me to watch the same way that a face in the crowd oh, okay. for whatever reason like in my like personal private film canon there is room for a bad movie that is made well if that makes any sense not to denigrate like the work of Ilya kazan not to say that like face in the crowd was bad but watching some of the things that billy wilder did in this movie like parts of it were really riveting but the movie like the story was very stupid i would guess that's not really a story type of movie like it's it's about one man it's about alcoholism what happens to an alcoholic well i mean it's a parable you don't like the parable type stuff i guess because that was kind of your problem with the face in the crowd a little bit too exactly yeah you're right i don't like like that's not what i come to a movie for something like so simple and one note and and smug this had the exact same smug like preachy tone of a lot of parts of Face in the Crowd. You know what this feels like? This feels like a cautionary tale about drinking made by someone who has never had a sip of alcohol. And, like, Billy Wilder... And the way the studio system worked, like, Billy Wilder, I don't think, wrote this film. And he did some great things with it, you know? If, if this is your king, if, like, if, if you're going to tell me... Because this is one of the names of old directors that, like, you're supposed to know... I'm supposed to have seen the Billy Wilder film canon, and it's my fault that I haven't. Oh, he's like one of the most legendary directors ever. And I, I recognize what he was doing from behind the camera uh, in parts of this movie that were really, really exciting. The way he stages things, the way he sits the camera, first of all, across the bar, across from the bar, from the main character. Because I don't want to throw you off off your point here, but just because I want to get, say this since you brought up, like, because I was about to say before, like, it's almost like a play. And even how it's written, it could be like a play, like a one, almost, not a one-man show, but like, you know, one big performance. It's like mm-hmm, a play mm-hmm. structure, almost, I would say. But what Wilder does with the camera, like you're saying, is what makes it a lot better, I think. Like, there's so many things that only work because it's a movie 
for example, I, this one part I really loved where they show, they show how long he's been at the bar by... The little rings? Rings are, like, at first there's two rings, and they cut back to later. I love like that. 11, 12 rings, you know. Yeah. When he has the bar, like, he has the camera, like, very, very slowly, almost imperceptibly zoom in on, on uh, the guy's face while he's, like, telling the story of how he'll get away with sneaking out of his apartment for a few drinks. And he's, like, he's got this manic energy, the acting. Um, he's got this manic energy that reminded me a lot of Jack Nicholson in The Shining. When he's, like, I'd sell my goddamn soul for just a glass of beer. Like, so many of the parts of this movie are, like, expertly made. This movie is so fucking stupid. Um, but th there's room in my personal, like, private film canon for this. There's no room in my par personal private film canon for a bad movie made not that well. So it does seem, again, like... Do you think the kind of problems you have with the, the two ones we talked about facing the crowd on this, they came out about ten years ago? Well, but I've, I don't think it's just the time period. I don't think it's just, like, how things were done back then with the studio system. Because I have watched, and you've made me watch, asked me to watch... Um, movies from around the same time that are much better than these. I think these movies are just have stupid fucking screenplays. I mean, it is more... Yeah, the screenplays... I, th I think the screenplay does have some good stuff in it, but it is more about capturing what an alcoholic is like and how they act. But but it doesn't do that. That's not what addiction looks like. This is... I mean, it's so caricatured. And, like, first of all, like... Well, first of all, my aunt, someone, like, very close to me in, like, 2008 or nine literally it can be said drank herself to death basically in front of my whole family and it was this kind of alcoholism but this doesn't describe that experience this is so caricatured like he literally sees tiny animals running about and fighting each other when he's going through the dts like it's it's so fucking stupid and a lot of the work around the margins of this terrible fucking story is really riveting yeah, I mean, I think, I, I do think it gets, I don't know about the animals thing. Too. I mean, that that part, it's getting a little, like, I don't know if at that part's supposed to be so literal of, like, this what will happen. I mean, it reeks of studio notes, right? But I think of some of the actions that he does do did ring pretty true to me for other alcoholics I've known. Especially the beginning part, like, one part I remember from the, the beginning is, so, like, he's hiding this bottle out the window and his brother finds it, and then he convinces his brother and his girlfriend to leave and leave him alone for a little bit because they're supposed to be going out of town for this weekend, him and his brother. And then he hasn't been drinking for a couple of days or a week or something. Brother finds the bottle, though, dumps it out. They do leave. And any, his brother thinks he has no money to go buy more booze. And he's also gone around and told the local bars and stores not to give him any, to sell him, whatever. And he's run out of credit anyway and goodwill. He's, like, tearing the house looking for money and then this cleaning lady comes and through the door is saying, like, he wants to, wants to come in and clean. He says, come back later or whatever, next week. And she mentions something about money that the brothers... And, like, the look on his face when he hears that, what I thought was so great. It did ring very true to me of, like, what an alcoholic would be like if they do. Like, that's the only goal. I got to get money for her booze. They think it's, like, don't know what to do. And then they get one little kernel of an idea. Mm -hmm. Like, one thing of, like, oh, this could work. And, like, just that looking out in his face of, like, oh, there is money here. I'll get, like, this how I can do it. I, I don't know. I, I thought it was really good. And like, It's a great performance. And he does, like, a lot of other things in the movie like that where 
where little facial things and all this stuff I thought was real. You kind of were saying something about like Nicholson and the Shining. It is that type of performance, I think. The script I thought had some good stuff. I wrote a couple of things down. He has some quote that's, the circle is the perfect geometric shape, no end and no beginning. Yeah, yeah. When he's at the bar, that's like symbolizing to you of how like it's a never ending cycle of abuse with this, you know. I But something about the turn of phrase of that I liked. And there's another one where he says, uh, I wrote down also where he says, I'm a capitalist, Nan. I guess Nan's that bartender's name. I've got untapped reserves. I'm rich. Just because he got the 10. Like we were kind of alluding to before, he gets $10 from that. It's supposed to be for the cleaning lady. Um, and he makes he goes to buy his two bottles right away, then goes to the bar. Mm-hmm. And that's another, I think that is an alcoholic thing too. Maybe not for everyone, but you do like start hoarding it, I guess, right? He's hiding the bottles. He saves the one for later that he forgets about then tries to find. Yep. And he eventually finds it from the silhouette. That was another good shot, too, of, like, seeing it through the light or whatever. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I do see kind of what you mean a little bit. It is a parable, obviously, and it is, like, they do lay it on thick in spots due to that. And I do think some of that is down to the time period. Filmmaking was different. Yeah, almost certainly. Like I said, like I said a second ago, it reeks of studio notes. Like, you can't tell a story that is dark. He has to, and to spoil a movie from 1945, um, he has to, at the end, overcome his writer's block and also pledge to write the story of how alcohol ruined his life. That's another thing, though, about, like, how people about obsessed with alcohol, that's all I think about, because then, like, we're talking about it in another round, like, they start teaching and bringing up alcohol things, like, Churchill was drinking all the time, like, that's his big history lesson. <laughs> and in this, it's, like, his whole magnum opus is going to be about drinking. And it makes sense, but, like, it's, like, that's what they're so obsessed with it. But there was obvious things, like, I mean, the whole thing about, like, him, the whole big thing was, like, him as the writer and him as the drinker. And then the girlfriend eventually then is, like, they're the same person, the same man. You know? Yeah. And, like, that's, like, not very obvious. But I think at the time it might have been a little more. It might have went a little bit better in terms of people were probably like, oh, wow. Like, I, you know, but we've seen so much now. Quote, one last quote I liked was, I think, from the bartender where he finally, he comes back. He's, like, gives him just the one drink and tells him to get out the one shot. And one's too many and 100's not enough. So, like, that, like, really encapsulates it all right there. Uh, yes. I wrote this down to you. The other girl, uh, the girl at the bar who has, like, a crush on him and wants to get, date him. I love her. I don't know if, why, but she was giving me, a, I wrote down, this girl's giving me a Catherine Hahn vibe right now. Oh, did you mean that in a bad way? I don't know if she just kind of looked like her a little bit, or, like, something about her is, like, reminding me of Catherine She Hahn. reminded me of Julia Roberts. Interesting. Maybe in look a little bit. Yes. I think with the Han thing too is part of their performance too. Yeah, I love Tara. She's great. You feel bad for a character then. Like I don't know what I th- I do think maybe the actress is a little too good looking to like it would make more sense if she is more of a sad sack. I don't know because like she's she's a call girl clearly. Yes, for like these guys. Well, that's fine. You could be attractive for that. But like I mean, just like she's so into this guy. He's a he's good looking too, obviously. But like um, Ray Milan. But so he gets money from her like after he finally remembers to go do that. Like, a day after you're supposed to go on a date with her or whatever. She's mad, obviously, but then he, like, he, like, kisses her and she, like, breaks down and, like, says, okay, whatever. Like, she's, even at that point, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the movie did exceptionally well by her, but, yeah, go on. No, but I'm just saying from the character standpoint, I would, it would make more sense to me. Maybe she's a little bit older or a little not as good. I don't know, something. I mean, I guess people are into, obviously people are into alcoholics, so 
and to whoever people that they are, uh, you know. I did think it was a, for whatever it is. Yeah, I did think it was a little bit on the nose. And uh, if you thought you were getting out of this discussion with me about a movie where there is an opera on screen, and we weren't going to discuss it, was that an opera? Okay, I see. Yeah, that's how uncultured I'm about some of these things. Where I wasn't even sure at that. I guess. Well, it was also because they're like all drinking. Like I guess it's fake champagne or whatever for the show, but like, or they actually are drinking. So they're drinking. That's the toast scene from the beginning of La Traviata or The Fallen Woman where um, Alfredo, a young society boy, is desperately in love with a uh, woman of the night, a courtesan, an entertainer. And she's got all these other suitors, especially like one wealthy baron that's vying for her time. You may be recognizing these plot points from uh, Moulin Rouge, and that's because that is also based on La Traviata. I haven't seen that either. Okay, but all right. In this toast scene at the very beginning, he's like jokingly confessing his love um, in, in that song to Violetta. And he's basically like, I'm always more fun when I'm like, I'm, I'm always more exciting. It's always more exciting to be drunk. And like, uh, this is a great time to fall in love. And she's about to give one of the great arias in opera history about how uh, love is completely foolish. And like, she's got her own life to live. And that life involves never being romantically happy um, because she's a character in an opera. But she's just, like, playing along and mocking him in, in, in her toast in the second part of that, like, song. Which is, unfortunately, a little on the nose because of the interaction that he has with the call girl at the bar beforehand. Uh, before that flashback. Yeah, so this is another thing. And you have, you brought something like this up with, I think, a Tampobo, too. Like, references I don't get at all, where you... Like it makes complete sense, but you think that's too on the nose, isn't that? That's you think that's not good writing. Or really? Well, I mean, it, I mean, it's most it, people like me wouldn't even get it, you know. Like. It's clever to have done it, sure. Yeah, Easter. it's a nice Easter egg. I wish my neighbors were playing some classy arias or whatever opera music right now. It at least makes sense what's going to be the amount of stuff recording due to whatever music they're playing right now. But anyway, we didn't really talk about his girlfriend character too much, but. Well, uh, that's because the movie doesn't care about her at all. Well, it's just like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of to wrap things up and, like, give it somewhat of a happy ending, I guess. She stays by him and he decides to go on for now, puts a cigarette out in the drink instead of having it. Which is not, this movie has no idea what addiction looks like and this movie has no idea what recovery looks like. It's not based in reality. It is a parable and I, it's a smug parable and I didn't like. The recovery part I could go with. See, I don't get the smug part. I gotta be honest. I don't really get why you think it's smug. It's, I mean, it's that thing that I said. It's that thing that I said I hated about um, A Face in the Crowd. Which I guess I didn't really get that either. They're telling you the point of the movie directly to the camera by the fourth, by the, by like the final act. And that's not like what a good movie is. But like, I understand and willing to make allowances because like in the studio system in the mid 40s, that's how you made a movie. That's how you were allowed to make a movie and do all the interesting things Billy Wilder and the actors may have wanted to do. It's just like the story of this movie, this screenplay, leaves a lot to be desired. And partially it's like my issue with the Beatles, right? Which is another thing where I don't get The Beatles have contemporaries who were writing better music. The Beatles wrote great music. I don't like the Beatles music because I've heard everyone's music who has who heard the Beatles between the time the Beatles were popular and when I was born. I don't need these film parables. I like. I need something nuanced. And again, I will use the word poetic, like another round. Yeah, I, I kind of see a little bit more, I guess, this time around. I mean, I get your point with the Beatles just now, even though I don't agree with it at all. But to me, that doesn't ruin their original music. You can still go appreciate it. It's yeah, but it, it's just like not interesting to me. Yeah. Okay. 
One can still appreciate it, and many people do. And then you can still um, appreciate a movie like this for what it is. I appreciate a lot of the work done in this movie, which I hope I've made clear. Yeah, you have. I don't agree with your point as much that it's not what real... I know you're giving a real-life example and stuff, but I think they did get some things right about how alcoholics behave with how he behaves. And, like, the whole thing, at some of the stuff at the bar, he's losing track of time, all this stuff, like... At least they get the nature of the binge drink going on Bender, I think. So yeah, right. you're not wrong. I don't know what their under, the understanding in 1945 of recovery from this actually was. I think they didn't know as much about as we do today, obviously. We were like eight years out of Prohibition at that point? Yeah, obviously people knew about alcoholism and all this stuff, and it's a bit what the movie's about, but I still don't know, like, were people watching him? Because you could watch it from now and be like, uh, all right, he's stopping drinking for now. He obviously stopped in the past sometimes, too. He stopped when he met the girl in the first place, Jane Wyman character, because he, he got into her, and he, he had stopped him from drinking for a while until she found out, whatever, or not even before she found out. But, or, like, he had to meet her parents. And, so you could read it as he'll fall off the wagon again soon enough, but it's one triumph for now. He at least didn't kill himself from this weekend. Um, and he didn't kill his relationship either. And movies do, especially in that time. Oh, and they don't always have They want some more of a positive ending in some regard, which I don't hate either. Yeah. So I, I kind of read it like that too. Also, if you want a positive ending, only watch the first two acts of La Traviata. Okay. And that was the name of the, uh, the, the opera that they were watching? Yes. Uh, and it's, that's what Moulin Rouge is. Like I said, I haven't seen that, but that's what that's based mm -hmm. on. Uh, yeah, that's the base material for the 1999 film Moulin Rouge. And doesn't that have, like, real pop songs in it or something, or am I wrong? Yes. So it's a musical, and there were, I mean... Basically everything about Moulin Rouge, it's not a surprise that I haven't seen it, because, like, basically everything I know about it is, like, I will not like this movie. But who knows, I should watch it sometime. Yeah, it, it's a musical, and there were, like, top 40... There were, like, two or three top 40 pop hits that were uh, written for the soundtrack to that film. Okay, they were in for that. For some reason, I was thinking it was, like, something, like... They are doing, like, a police song, or whatever, you know, something, like, in the... I don't know why I came up with that random one, but, you know, like... Or a Beatles song, or whatever, like, something older that's already... They definitely, they, they definitely do shit like that. Right. It's not, like... It's not, like, exactly across the universe, but they definitely use... Like, I think there's an Elton John... Yeah, no, there's famously uh, uh, an Elton John homage in one of the um, m important scenes in the first act of the film. Wow, I remember a lot more about 1999's Moulin Rouge. <laughs> so years from now, when podca podcasting, whatever form of movie podcasting or whatever they have, then Mooncasting in 2060 uh, or whatever... It's going to be like people are going to be watching Moulin Rouge as a classic film. The one host is going to be like... Moon casting. Dog shit. I guess it's so obvious what something... Well, I kind of see what they're doing. You got to understand that filmmaking was different at the time. They did Elton John illusions. Oh, the other guy will be like, oh, this is actually an Elton John thing. <laughs> another guy's like, oh, I didn't get that. I don't know anything about these old, this old pop music, whatever. Well, it's actually a pretty smart reference. <laughs> or was it smart? I don't know. It was actually a little obvious to me, but... I believe it. It'll just be us. We'll have forgotten that we had this conversation. So that's a weird way to end. Oh, yeah, I guess by then we could stay. There'll be some... So basically between now and, and 2060, there's got to be some uh, form of achievement, some form of... Um, some new uh, breakthrough in science where you can drink heavily a lot and you'll still keep your... Even if you do that, 
your life will continue on for many decades. And yeah, we'll talk about it then. 40 years from uh, now. Thank God for future medicine, because modern medicine ain't going to do it for me. <laughs> well, we need some strong advancements, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, so next we'll be back next month, most likely. With uh, So far, we've done one every month. Uh, we got this one in at the tail end of May here, but... Uh, so enjoy your memorial weekend everyone with a drink or two or don't if you have if you're a, a Raymond land type uh or a, a tommy or whatever his name was in another round type i guess we want you to survive but uh yeah keep watching films we got to figure out what we'll talk about next month but maybe a another uh, so we've been doing awards ish films mostly this year so far but who knows we can mix in more of a popcorn film I don't know if it's going to be The Conjuring dot, dot whatever, but uh, maybe something like that, or who knows what, there's a lot more uh, big budget films are getting released now uh, that were shelved due to, due to COVID or, or just coming out in 2021 as they were scheduled, I guess. But uh, yeah, we'll see what that's going to be. Stay subscribed to Brooklyn Rebound Podcast, our network. Oh, I, <laughs> I think I'm getting hit with a... The yak as well. Nice. And it's only, uh, well, I'll probably continue. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a lost Memorial Day weekend, but I'll probably a few more. Anyway, get subscribed, stay subscribed. Check out Drew's views on YouTube if you're into TV stuff, reactions. Me and Eric may be back soon enough with some anime, more stuff. We have to figure that out still, but uh, hopeful that that will happen in this year as well. And uh, yeah, just keep watching movies and older films too, even if you don't like them or you think you won't like them, I still suggest checking out some of these older 40s, 50s, etc. films if you can. There's good stuff in a lot of them. It's just some of them some of them are stupid. But that's not like that's in addition to that. <laughs> different from newer movies, there's plenty of stupid stuff nowadays as well. Well yeah, but we don't watch the we don't watch the stupid ones. Well who knows? Never say if we don't, we might end up like I said, with these award films, we kind of know that we, there's a certain quality, but maybe we'll mix it up with some real, uh, with something different next time. I wouldn't count on it, but you got to stay subscribed to find out. Yeah, cheers. What a beautiful, beautiful Productions.